This is Lisa, this is Long Story Long, and tonight's topic, Dating Down. I'm Jay. And I'm Lisa. It's Lisa and Jay here again. Lisa, yes, I'm just Lisa this week. My spirit is heavy, so, you know, for, it's going to be an up and down kind of week. It's going to be up and down sort of show, but we're going to get through this as a family. Yeah, it, it's definitely ups and downs. Um, mm-hmm. But we are here for episode 30, 34 of Long Story Long. Um, remember, tell a friend to tell a friend and tell a friend again. Uh, Absolutely. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, LongStoryLongTheBlog.com. Um, anywhere you search the internet for Long Story Long, one word, it's us. Uh, comment, rate, subscribe, do everything. Become a part of our family because you love us. And uh, we're here. Love me. They what? They love you. They love me, yes. Why, why wouldn't they love me? I don't know why that's what you like, AJ. All right, if that's let's what we're not, doing. Let's not do this in public. All right, if that's what we're doing, okay, that's, what we're doing. that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. <laughs> I'm okay with not being messed with in public. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. But as long as they mess with long story long, that's that's what's most importantly. Mm-hmm. So, since we last spoke, what would, would, would you got from me? You got any new obsessions for the week? Any cornball call-outs? Any boys trying to do what the girls do? Like, what's up? It's a lot. It's a lot going on this week. But what I want to start with is... What I forgot about last week, and I don't know how I could have forgot about it because I obsessed over it all day, was Kanye's video, Famous. I 100% support it. 100%. 100 Kanye, do it. I usually don't support Kanye nonsense and mayhem, but the on-pointness of that video and the collection of people that were there, yeah, that needs support. I'm with it. I, on the other hand, don't support it and found it kind of disgusting. I don't see A, they're wax figures and B, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't consider it art. I said it, I consider well, it, kinda, it, was def- it definitely replica. It was a replica of a painting that he, he did. And it for for at least that piece of it did yeah. do almost an exact replication of it. Like, well, down to the way the sheets were draped over people. So that was one thing. But I think when you think about the song and the premise of it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, it was definitely an interconnected group of people. You know, we forget that Kanye's the dude that said George Bush don't like black people during the middle of a telethon. Um, I and never that's forgot that. I always that remember that. Are, that's because we forget about telethons. Whatever happened to the good old-fashioned telethon? We when, don't do those no more. When, when Lou Rawls died, so did the dream of the telethon go along with it, so... You know what? I knew Lou Rawls had something to do with it. And mm-hmm. I just said that to somebody and they was like, no, nah, that ain't it. And I, I felt in my spirit, though, that it had something to do with Lou Rawls. But yeah, I mean, so I think that I supported it. I really do. I mean, for a Kanye endeavor, it was it was it was dead on. Yeah. For I, the song, I, I, it was dead on. Definitely not a fan of it. It made me uncomfortable. And it really didn't. And I don't understand the disgust because it wasn't like they were just, doing anything. They were me, just laying there. made me uncomfortable. It just. Uh, Did it? Yeah, I'm not cool with it. I, and the other thing is, I didn't recognize Ray J. I thought it was Lance Gross. And I was like, what the fuck is Lance Gross doing there? But that's neither here I'm nor there. I'm disappointed that he didn't use a real Rihanna. I believe in my heart that Rihanna would have laid there. 
it's it yeah, it's just it it was pretty uncomfortable for me to watch. And then because like the song isn't playing throughout the entire ten minute video, a lot of it is just him like panning the camera over these wax figurines, and I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm not, I'm like not this. cool on this. Like this. Um, so anyway, I definitely wanted to mention that though because I feel like I'm slipping for not mentioning that earlier. Like mm-hmm. I can't believe I forgot about it. Well, I guess it was a big deal for the moment, but everything is here for the moment. Here today, gone today. You know what I did? You know what I did? Here this morning, gone this evening. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, I listened to Designer's album. Uh, I'm, I I got it in queue to play tomorrow. And I'm pretty disappointed with like new artists today. Like as far as like rap and hip hop or whatever, however you want to categorize it is concerned because like there's really no, nobody's different from anybody else. And it's not because designer sounds like future or whatever. Like, sure, that's a fact. But even like just just the 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 makeup of the music is the same. Like the song structure is the same. Like the subject matter is the same. It's just like the nothing. Same. It's nothing. What'd you say? Using the same producers like the that? same handful of producers. It, it is. It, it it was so not, not disappointing, but I was like I was so uninterested. It like the 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 album itself sounded like unmotivating, and it it, it was just. <laughs> Because, you know, like, dude is amped, right? He's amped as I don't know what. And I'm listening to it like, this is so... You were not motivated to be amped as well. Yeah, it was like, this is so boring. Like, I, I just don't get it. And then, uh, like, I skipped through most of the songs or whatever. Gave him a, a fair listen, maybe a minute and a half, maybe two minutes on some of them. But I was just like, yo, this is whack. The only thing I appreciated was he actually had interludes on the album. Like, interludes were a good time. I always thought interludes were great on the album. I agree. It, it was, it was well, another another piece you want to hear a good album. Yeah. You want to hear a good app. You need to check out that J. Mills mixtape. Sir, yeah. Yeah, Mr. We're not, Mills. We're not doing no mixtapes. I want, I want the actual... J. Mills, you know, edit. ain't going to drop no album. But, uh, busy ghostwriting. Yeah, but I'm, that I'm, album, I mean, that mixtape is everything, sir. Sir, yeah, I'm not, absolutely. I'm not here for mixtapes. Once you, again. Did, okay, that's fine. Did you hear I'm the... I'm not talking um, to you about it. <laughs> Y'all got all... I'm not here for mixtapes. Okay. My bad. Go ahead. Did, did you hear the Joe Buttons diss to uh, Drake? I and did. Kate? And I just want to say this and then I'm going to let it go and sit back and get ready to laugh. Actually, I'm going to say two things. First, I'm going to say what we forget about Joe Buttons is, and, 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 and it's Joe Buttons' fault that we forget this because he was crying on reality shows and he's smoking crack and, you know, all kinds of foolishness that we really did not need to see from an MC. Like, you should smoke crack in the privacy of your own home like every other respectable MC. But what we forget is, is that, yo, Joe Buttons ain't, ain't, ain't no slouch. Like, dude got bars. So I don't think Meek wanted with him. Now, I would like to see Drake come back, but I will say this. Drake ain't really no battle MC, and I was reading some comments on a group that I'm in about hip hop where people are feeling like Drake needs to rise to the Joe Buttons, you know, threat or whatever, and um, you know, drop something. And maybe he will. You never know with Drake, but I don't think he needs to. Like, I think if he don't feel like it, it's fine because he's not necessarily a battle MC, and I think he's already proven that. If beef come his way and he feel like dealing with it, he can handle it. Hence the back to back. So I feel like um, he don't need to do nothing if he don't feel like it. But I'd love to see it. But me, dude, you just creeping out the house. I just saw pictures of him on like a four wheeler. You need to go somewhere and sit down. You need to take that L on this one, sir. You don't want it with Joey either. Well, the, the, way, don't want it. the way I look at it was first, I don't understand like where, where it's coming from. 
Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Biden oh, just decided. needed to be relevant real fast. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe he just decided he wanted to poke the bed and spark a fuse and maybe just do something to have something going for the summer 16. Because in, in the song, you said something about like Drake hasn't done anything all summer. So, like, we're, we're, what's up with this summer 16 or whatever, whatever. But I also thought the song wasn't interesting to listen to. Like, it wasn't a good song. Like, sure, Buttons is saying a whole bunch of things. There's a whole lot of words in that record. But as far as, like, the structure of the song, like, he's going to lose if there is a rebuttal from anyone as long as they make a decent song. Like, the the best way to approach a, a, a diss record or a beef nowadays is kind of to take the uh, the math skills or the skills approach to the wrap-up. Like, just make sure you say things that people can understand in some, not necessarily a sing-songy way, but in a way that can be catchy. And that record well, wasn't listen, catchy at I mean, I... I definitely think that we're not, he's not, I think he did it just to be relevant. I mean, he's not on no reality show right now, no doubt. So, you know, he got to do something. Oh, Button, got Button has this podcast that's pretty popular. So he's, he's got a, a little bit of relevancy right now, but continue. I'm sorry. And um, I also think that, um, but a podcast don't make him relevant in hip hop. But I also think that, um, you know, I got faith in Joey Craft. That's not, not Joey. Joey that's not Joey. Not Craig. Joey. Yeah, Craig. That's, that's I always want to call him Joey Craig, though, because I always call him Joey. But I got faith in Joe Buttons. I do. And I think that, you know, he kind of on that. Um, what's the dude's name out of Philly? My other homeboy. Uh, mm, Cassidy. He kind of on that Cassidy uh, okay. where he don't okay. really get good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he not getting good studios and good studio time and good beefs. I mean, and good beats with good producers and stuff like that. But the dude got bars. Like, I think if, I think we forget it. And, you know, he slept on on the strength of his nonsense. And he do he do have a lot of nonsense. Like, I didn't even when they, when he first started, like people would be telling me about whatever show he was on when he first started. And I was like, I don't even believe it. And then I think I was watching like some show that came on maybe VH1 or something. And it was like the best moments in reality TV or something like that. And I'm seeing stuff with him and I'm like, really, dude? Like, really? That's what you was on TV doing? For real? That's what you, you were showing your ass like that? So, I mean, I just think that, you know, with all of that, we forget. But dude got bars. Like, you know, he definitely, I think he can do it. Now, it's probably not going to be as, in terms, you're speaking more of quality, and it's not going to be a quality. If Drake come back, yeah, Drake got the best of the best at his access right now. So, yeah, it's not going to be the same quality. So, it's kind of going to be like the Meek Mill Cassidy beef, where, you know, Cassidy crushed him. He did like a 18 minute song calling a nigga a roach. You know what I'm saying? But it didn't really get the love that it should have gotten because, you know, it wasn't, the quality wasn't there. Like, he just can't get the stuff that he needs in order to really pop it off. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, but what would really be on point, which is what Joe is good at is step in the brain with that nigga and get sway to referee it. Do an old fashioned cypher. Get in the ring and battle. It never turns out right. It's too, it's too many uh, pieces. Yeah. It's too many moving pieces. It never turns out right. Joe buttons is too high, but I'm just saying (laughs) you are down trotting today. Jesus. Take the wheel. Well, changing the subject slightly. Um, Sierra, my girl Sierra, to lock down another little people, another chat. You see, she get she went on ahead and jumped the broom with old boy. I did. I did see that his hair looked better than hers in the photos, and she got married. 
I didn't even see the photos. Yeah, I've seen. I was a chapter so, form, so uh, it's it's this uh, IG account. I can't pronounce it, but it's like Famalos or something like that. They they broke it last night, and then that the wedding was yesterday. Yeah, then, I saw that, but I don't think I looked at any pictures. Matter of fact, I'm sure I didn't. I saw some pictures um, early yesterday when they were saying that it was going to go down yesterday. But that those pictures were like aerial shots yeah, of yeah. walking but, down the street. So I saw the, that, but I didn't see nor that I seek to see any wedding pictures. I just was glad to read the blurb because, you know, Sierra is my I ain't going back to broke homegirl of a lifetime. And I support everything that she did. Yeah, I mean, Keep um, check on the girl. Congratulations to the happy couple. Uh, I guess yeah. they're happy because uh, she just had. She was just in court like two days before or a day before, actually. Talking about she was scared Future was going to kill Ross. So Future ain't ain't don't he ain't killing nobody. Future no. ain't going to do nothing but yeah. go get that baby and talk shit. That's all he going to do. He not even going to get the baby. Like dude, just <laughs> dude just want to be an asshole about it. Plain and simple. Like, well, supposedly, supposedly he does fool with them at some level. I mean, I don't think Future is the father who is, you know, taking them to basketball practice. But, you know, that nigga probably come through every so often with some new Jordans or something. He probably that father. Yeah, he that the he he dude that take pictures for Instagram, Father's yeah, Day, and then, you know, you know, kind of don't shit. come back around for you know. another four or five months. So, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like if that's all you're dealing with him with and you getting your child support, girl, sit down. Yeah, I guess. Good. I guess that's cool. Um, what, what, what else is going on? Anything How else? How you even with him? Huh? I mean, all kinds of stuff. Let's see. Um, did you see the situation going on with Auntie? Who's Auntie? Uh, who's Wendy. Aunt? No, I haven't. I haven't. No. So, I guess piggybacking on the dude, Jesse Williams, mm-hmm. um, BET speech, and then the petition, which I think is stupid, going around to take him off of Grey's Anatomy, um, which is just dumb. Uh Auntie said a comment, something along the lines of, um, you know, what they're saying is, is that he he's a he hates white people because of the speech that he made. Mm -hmm. And so she said something along the lines of, you know, um, there isn't, you know, she would feel some kind of way if there was a historically white university. She said, you know, we have historically black universities, you know, and I, I could see feeling some kind of way if we saw a historically white university. And then right. she also made mention of um, the NAACP. She was like, you know, that's the National Association for the Advancement of Color People. And she was saying if it was the National so- Association for the Advancement of White People, she would feel some kind of way about it. Now, she kind of said it just like that. And she kept on talking. And I think what her point was is is to sort of play devil's advocate. Uh, you know, we have stuff that's centralized around black people. Mm -hmm. And so she was attacked and drug all over the internet and all the stuff that folks do. And so today she actually came on the show and said, well, listen, I'm not saying that I don't understand because then some professor on like a TV one show or something like that was like, you know, if you would actually read a book instead of gossip papers, you would know that, you know, we have black universities because, you know, white universities wouldn't let us in. And, you know, I think the, you know, the the NAACP personally is a little suspect, but that's neither here nor there. He also made some NAACP comments um, you know, about her just not knowing. And she came on the show, back on the show, which is something that I haven't seen her do much. Usually she says what she says and she don't care if you drag her, but she came back and she said, 
you know, I'm not saying that I don't understand why those universities are, ne- are necessary. She said, I'm just saying that to kind of play devil's advocate, if you will, for what people are saying about this guy. You know, we do as a black community have things that are centralized around us. And, you know, she acknowledged the necessity of having those organizations and historically black schools and understanding them and supporting them and blah, blah, blah. But she was just talking from the perspective of, um, you know, like a devil's advocate kind of thing. I think it was poorly executed on her part and and uh, a matter of miseducation, of misspeaking, I should say. She just didn't adequately, I think, um, articulate what she was trying to say. Well, I mean... Thing. So it came off kind of like, what are you talking about? But I get her overarching point. Well, you can't say anything about a marginalized group without you being challenged, period. So... For her to say, like she it would feel un- she would feel uncomfortable if, if there was a uh, a historically white university or the the W A W whatever you know advancement for white people. You can't say anything like that to make uh, niggas look like you ain't down with it. Like you're not down. You can't say anything about niggas. Because niggas will come. Well, you can't from. say anything about any. I mean, you're absolutely correct. You can't say anything about any marginalized group because all hell breaks loose. Um, you know, they definitely can. You know, we can all talk about the masses, but we can't talk about the marginal. So I, I completely agree so, with you. Yeah, you know, you know, and she's contending. You know, anybody that speaks publicly is is especially people that have you know a large stage to speak on definitely are going to be scrutinized for saying that. I 100% agree. I think it's also the I was over here. I was ear hustling on someone's conversation talking about um, uh, working with someone who is gay and that, you know, she's feeling like, and I'm assuming she must have been talking to a friend and not somebody that she worked with. And she was explaining her situation and she was saying that she don't understand how no matter what the issue is, it always comes back to her discriminating against him for being gay. And she said something like, I really don't give a fuck who he's fucking. I just want him to do his job. So yeah, it definitely um, is something that I think you contend with when you're outside of that marginalized group. You know, it's like if you say anything negative, then all of a sudden you bashing. And I'm not, you know, I think I agree with that, but I think her, her, the point she was trying to make just was poorly executed. I think, I don't think it was necessary to drag her, but you know, Dragon is what everybody does. Hell, yeah, they drag it's, it's Beyonce's the mother. It's the internet. Yeah, they, they anonymity. And I don't want to, and no, I, you know, I think internet. in the future I'm going to formulate a topic for us to talk about because I keep hearing you boil it down to the internet and I don't think it's that. But we'll revisit that. Oh, it's I've been internet. thinking about that a lot when we were talking about the beehive situation. And, I, you know, we'll put together something, I think, or I will or something. But um, I don't I don't think it's just the internet. But anyway. So that was Auntie's story this week. Okay. That's what's okay. up. Uh, anything else you want to catch the uh, audience up on or fill us in on? All kinds of stuff. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I go, too, before we get on onto a whole other tangent, um, my girl Jocelyn, who's been spilling tea. Okay, first of all, let me just tell y'all this. So the girl ain't had cable now for five days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. My shit just abruptly stopped working. People probably think my shit got turned off because I didn't pay it, but I swear. <laughs> my shit just abruptly stopped working on Saturday afternoon. It has not worked since. 
The people are supposed to come this Saturday, so that's still two days away. So the struggle is real around here. I ain't got no Wi-Fi. I ain't got no cable. I mean, it's like it's the 80s around this joint. So I have not been seeing any additional tea spilling from my girl Jocelyn. But mm-hmm. I did see her stomach poked out on the World Wide Web. And I want to know who her baby daddy is. And I cannot wait to find out. The way I understand it, and again, I just cooked, caught a little bit of it. It's it's an older photo when she actually was pregnant with Stevie's baby uh, some years ago, but they lost that child or something to that effect. So it might not be a recent picture, but then again, I don't pay attention but so much. So uh, serves That's her right, great. I guess. Serves so her right. Jocelyn been splashing tea all over Atlanta. I pay attention to everything. She said, I ain't seen this much tea being spilled in all my life. Yeah, that that is definitely... Uh, she she's a force to be reckoned with. She a year, mess uh, right now. Uh, Lord, 2016. She is a mess. So you, so you think you got the uh, listeners caught up on the week of Lisa? No, but you seem a bit dry this evening. So let's move on. Okay, on we let's move. Let's do it. On we move. Let's your long story long, sir. You go uh, first. Have you ever um, uh, had someone put a hex on you or <laughs> a spell yeah. or bad juju? Uh, no. Bad juju or any. Well, I think that's Not happened. Knowingly. I think that's happened to me. Somebody uh, put a root on you? Somebody put something on me and uh, they're trying to get me killed in my car. Uh no, do you know, like for real, like all jokes aside, do you know somebody who is prone to throw a root on somebody? Um, I've never known anybody that can do that or think they can do it. It was a joke in the office, and maybe I wasn't paying attention and was laughing at the wrong part. So, yeah, some, <laughs> yeah, something. Well, there's a fortune teller up the street, and my girlfriend told me that if I got her crystals, they work. So maybe you need to go up the street for me and get them crystals. Well, those—that's what it was done with crystals. You know what I'm saying? Like it was—it was some crystals, and they were put on my desk, and some some words were said, and I kind of like laughed it off. For real, Jay? Yeah, and uh, I kind of like laughed it off, and uh, not directly since then, but I've had I've had troubles with my car since since then. Even a little accident—I've never been in an accident before. Never really? been in a car accident before. Hmm. And I got in my first accident this week and my car broke down twice for the same thing Damn. within basically nine days. So within, well, bless your heart. No wonder you're going through motion. Yeah. So from day one, car broke down, driving down the interstate. I was able to pull off and get to a school, get it towed. They fixed it before the holiday. I get it back on the 30th. Uh, today is the 7th of July. On the 5th of July, I get into the accident. Boom. Wasn't a bad accident. It was the woman I'm backing out of a parking spot. And, I, and two things. I never park where I'm at. I never park. Uh, I mentioned this in a previous episode because at where my kids live, they it's trees, tree sap, oh, yeah. and bees. Yeah. So I usually yeah. double park. Um, but this day, I parked into the spot. And normally when I do park, I don't... Um, pull in i usually turn around and back in because it's easy to see coming out well i pulled in between a pickup truck and a, a tahoe so i was kind of in the in the cut anyway uh get the kids in the car backing out and how the parking lot is shaped if you're going, coming down into the parking lot it's shaped like a lowercase r so there's a curve she was coming out around the curve she drove an suv i can't remember what kind 
But basically, as I was backing out, her rear passenger wheel ripped off my bumper. Like, no paint was exchanged between the two cars. But her rear passenger wheel ripped my bumper off. And I'm like, wow. What the hell do I do now? So you know what I did? I got all black diver. And I put the bumper back on with some bolts and screws and tape and broken plastic pieces. That happened. You got to do what you got to do. The struggle yeah, do, was real loud. I had to do what I had to do. And, yes, uh, you did. Uh, well, listen. Um, I don't know nothing about no roots. But I will definitely keep you in prayer because the God I serve is stronger than any root that anybody is putting about here. So... I would definitely do that because that sounds super spooky. And I think as I, I have to add, I'm thinking if I need to ask myself, do I believe in it? I think I probably do believe people that can, you know, probably it's probably not like a it's probably a or kind of thing, like to put sort of a an, an or around you that can lead you into, you know, down a, a negative path. So, I, you know, that's definitely some crazy stuff. And. If you don't believe in the power of prayer, then there's also the crystal lady down the street. She read my tarot cards. She was, for all that, I've never had a fortune teller, so I have no body of knowledge. But it seemed on point to me. I was like, girl, yes, but I didn't get the crystals. And my girlfriend was like, oh, yeah, I've been to her. You need to get the crystals. But she was going to give me some crystals that were going to turn around my whole path. Well, I need something to turn around ASAP because this car is giving me trouble. You're gonna have to keep you in prayer. That sounds uh, crazy. So that was that was my long ass long story long. Um, sorry, that's unfortunate. It really is. Your turn. So my long story long is Black Lives Matter. They absolutely do. And, you know, I know that people are becoming desensitized to these things. And I know that some folks thought process behind it is is that, you know, it's not going to matter anyway if people aren't prosecuted. But I think the overarching and bigger issue is, is that, you know, people's sons and fathers and wives and mothers and, and you know, cousins and best friends and boyfriends and girlfriends are being literally we've been killed in the street. And I can never... I don't think be desensitized to that. Um, I just, you know, I think every time I see it and every time I hear it, you know, literally today I was watching the video um, of uh, Philando, is it Philando Castell? Um, the gentleman that was just recently, the, his girlfriend did a live Facebook and literally at my desk in tears because you just, I can't imagine. You know, I know they say that, you know, God puts things on people that they can put it on. And I watched a video, an interview with her that someone filmed, not really an interview, but kind of an impromptu thing that she did um, after being released from prison. And, you know, she's definitely a different kind of person to be that clear and strong and able to communicate the way that she did after experiencing something like that. But I just cannot imagine having, you know, the guy that I'm dating just killed right next to me like that, you know, by the police. And it's just, it's just terrible. And then also the gentleman, um, Alton Thurlin yep. and, you know, just literally just murdered. I mean, it ain't no two ways as far as I can see to look at that. It's just flat out murder. Um, and it's awful and it's terrible. And, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I was reading Drake's open letter and, 
I read some stuff that um, some other people posted and I don't have the answer either. I wish I did. Um, I feel compelled to want to do more, um, but I can't think of what would be the right avenue for me and what I can do. But, you know, we have an audience. Um, and if you, you know, I think what people... I'm not going to go on and on because, you know, I can't go on and on. But I think what people miss is that if you're, you know, we really haven't seen this, these images consistently of this since civil rights. You know, there's been an incident here, an incident there, but now we're consistently seeing it again. Um, and that's a whole new generation of people that's being exposed to that. And I think that you can't have the expectation of folks rising above that easily when you're basically being fed that they don't give a fuck about you and yes we don't give a fuck about you because we're not doing anything about it so you see it over and over and over again and you can imagine how that's breeding a whole generation of people with a certain mindset and thought process about themselves um and i just i just cannot imagine so you know i just want to say that if you are a brown person out here I love you. You know, I worry not only about my daughter who is out here and driving and, you know, young folks with keys got a thousand things to do. So she's up and down the road all day long. But, you know, you, some other guy friends who are good, respectable men have done nothing and could get pulled over and on the strength be gone. You know, not because y'all are derelicts, not because, you know, you've done anything. I don't know too many people who um you know are currently doing any kind of deviant behavior you know my dad my uncles my cousins my friends um i don't know a lot of people that you know are deviant i know people who are out here doing their thing and i can't imagine you know finding out that one of them or even myself like i was talking to somebody earlier today and i was like you know what it's almost as if you're a black person in this country you feel like i have no safety zone there's no safeness you know, I'm fighting criminals, I'm fighting other black folks, I'm fighting white folks, and the people that I should be able to go to to say help, I'm also endangered by them. Like, there's no safe haven whatsoever. And it's a different kind of feeling. Um, so, that's my long story long. Black Lives Matter. And, you know, definitely, you know, yes. I don't even know. What is what is it? What's, what's the part in words? I can't say be safe, you know. It, it's been... Uh... I'll just add this that um, on social media, I can't say in in uh, any period of me using social media that I remember the tone just being so like sad and downtrodden, mm -hmm. and people uh, just having negative reactions and wanting to support and just just being lost. Like it, it, like normally when stuff happens, like. For instance, when uh, Harambe, the gorilla and shit, people threw memes up as jokes, like insensitive or not, but it's still kind of the tone wasn't as serious. Like these two instances, like there's just been nothing but like we got to face reality. Like this is this is existing is hard if you're black or brown. Mm -hmm. And I, it, what would make a difference, honestly? To me, what would make a difference is if, like, some police officers from some agency will just stand up and say, like, yo, that was wrong. I'm not talking former police. I'm not talking retired police. I'm not talking suspended police. I'm talking about an actual officer from somewhere. Well, there's a girl that, that did that. She's an officer. I haven't and seen she, that. I haven't seen that. Yeah, so, but she's, that. Um, and it was actually made the, the, um, 
the what is it? I guess it's the national news, the CN, the CBS Evening News or whatever. Mm-hmm. It actually made her her video made that, and she was just saying how um, you know if you're a racist, you know why are you being in those areas? You know, she was saying that she chose a black area because she really wanted to make a difference, and you know she could have chosen an area that you know where she would have been the minority both on you know her race as well as her, her gender but that she chose a minority area because she wanted to be um a part of the solution and that you know she's like screaming in it like screaming like she's waking babies up in the background and she's saying that you know uh that you know it's just despicable um you know, I know someone who's a police officer and he posted something on Facebook like, you know, I am a black man and I'm a police officer. And if you don't like it, you know, delete. me. Um, and it's a tough time to be a black person and it's a tough time to be a police officer, especially a black one. But, uh, you know, I kind of agree with you. I think the overall tone from law enforcement is not. These are bad officers. This is not the right way to do things. They're not behaving correctly. You know, these people need to be whatever. I think the overarching tone from law enforcement is, well, you got to understand the circumstance. You know, well, well, they felt threatened. Well, you know, officers don't know. And that's, you know, I just don't understand how I have yet to see the white person raise her hand and say, yes, my son is dead because of police. Like, I just don't understand how you are only threatened by my people. Are you only, those are the only threatening people on the planet. Nobody else is threatening to you, just only black people. I just don't get it. Uh, I don't get how that could be the excuse over and over and over again. I saw, um, I saw something uh, on Tumblr. It was a collection of clips from Ari Spears, uh, the comedian. And he was saying how um, the white man pulled the greatest trick on the world ever by convincing the world that the black man was the scariest and most threatening thing out there considering the white man destroys everything he touches mm. ain't so. that the truth i was telling someone earlier today when i was explaining to them because i think you know when we see racism a lot of times people certainly of other races and they may be up here at heart they say things like you know well you you know they were brought up to just look at people individually and you know you have to have a pure heart and you got to take people individually and you know you don't see color and all that good stuff and that sounds great but I think what we miss when we talk about racism is that when the Europeans initially came in contact with brown people way before slavery it's always been a those people mentality and as long as that those people mentality has come here you know the police officers doing what they're doing it's just a small part of it in the grand scheme of things like it seems large because it's happening so often and we're seeing it so often and we're hearing about it so often but in the grand scheme of things what those people they're conditioned in their thought processes that they're taking into work with them as a police officer are the same processes that people are taking into them with you know as a ceo or as a firefighter or as a doctor or as a lawyer or whatever your profession is mm-hmm. that thought and notion of those people um, carries throughout society and in many different societies throughout the world. And I think that that's the problem that has to be solved is that you can't look at us like it's those people. If you can change the those people mentality, then you can begin to solve some of the problems. Because really what it just is, is, is that those police officers just have the means and the opportunity to act on the those people principles. Whereas if you're a lawyer, you may not. You may not get the opportunity to shoot you a real live black person. 
But when you're a police officer with a gun on your hip and the authority to shoot, that's what you did. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's a terrible, awful thing. So, you know, much love to anybody who is dealing with this sort of stuff. You know, I got love for y'all. If the rest of the world don't seem like they got love for us. And uh, you're going to have to just stay prayerful until we figure out what to do next. And uh, what we're going to do next is we're just going to take a break. I'm still Lisa. I'm still Lisa and I'm still Jay. Still and we are still long story long in it. And we are here for the uh, second half of our feature presentation. Uh, thank you <laughs> our feature presentation? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a movie. Yeah. So stick, stick, stick it out. Stick it out. Stick it with. That was kind of stupid. Stick it out. Stick it out. Stick it with. Yeah. It's like I just learned English or some shit. But um, yeah. Thanks for sticking like that a out. Bad, with a bad rap video. Or yeah. Yeah. Like. Like trying to explain hip hop to like suburban white kids or some shit. <laughs> but, they probably know it better than me. Hey, uh, them's right. the ones buying the CDs. Hey, so go like, ahead. Like, like, like I told you earlier, that shit is bogus right now. But anyway, uh, the, the, this portion of the show was brought to you by dating, and specifically dating down. Do you know what I mean when I say dating down, Lisa? Do you know what I mean? You know what? Why don't you go ahead on and explain it and let's be clear before I shoot down all your theories. Go ahead. I don't have any theories on it. Well, maybe I, <laughs> I always got an opinion. But um, dating down is kind of when you yourself, like let's let's just go on a, on a, on a, on a, a social and economic scale. Like you yourself, Lisa, you are a six-figure earner, right? You have made... Am I? Is this a theoretical thing, or I am? Because well, I don't see that. I don't get. I don't have that money. Should I call somebody, or what should I do? Somebody might owe you a couple dollars, but let's just say it's hypothetical. They definitely owe me more than a couple if I got a six-figure income. You are a six-figure income earner in this hypothetical situation. Oh, okay. And Be clear. You have things that you've done for yourself. You are a world traveler. You you do yeah. taking care of things for yourself. Lisa Slay. But the problem is Lisa has been having difficulty in the area of love and affection. So that is really uh, for all the greatness that she has done for herself, she has not found a partner who is quite up to her level. So what Lisa Aww. what Lisa has done was just started dating down. She started dating some guy who wasn't quite a six figure earner, or maybe he wasn't quite an earner at all. He was oh. just a guy that was nice to her and or a guy she had a good time with. But on a social economic scale, you two just didn't match. You were not of even keel and or, or what, what, what's the uh, biblical term? Um, yes, that one. Say it again. I think it cut up. Equally yoked. That you were not equally yoked. So in essence, you brought somebody into your world that wasn't quite on your level. 
and you then introduce yourself to somebody in their world and they're not quite on their level. So it just doesn't, it doesn't match. But on the, uh, on the, the, the scales can be tipped because, uh, not saying Lisa would do this, but oftentimes women I've met who date down or men I've met who date down try to bring their partner up. Um, sometimes it's just through encouragement and other times it's just through manipulation. So uh, that's kind of my thought of what dating down is. Okay. So yeah, it's a good thing that you explained that because that's not quite what I was thinking. What were you thinking? Uh, um, I'm not saying that you're wrong. No, I'm just saying when I think dating down, I was thinking that you were going to talk about, speak to something that was outside of social economic, like, you know, dating down, like, you know, a woman dating someone that's locked up or something like that. But if we could talking about monetary, then okay. It's not just talking about monetary, but uh, I would I wouldn't think dating a man who was in jail was dating down. I would think that if this man isn't hasn't been anything but like negative in her life, and she is a deaconess at the church, then that might be a little different. You know what I mean? Like it just it doesn't match. So uh, it, it it could potentially bring uh, negative light or negative influence into somebody else's life. So that would be like dating down. Well, yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, if we're, again, in this scenario, you were saying, unless I didn't understand it, I think in this scenario, you were saying, though, you were basing it upon, like, an income kind of situation. Well, I was just a scenario, I guess. That oh, okay. It wasn't, but it, it could be anything. Uh, yeah, we're just, it doesn't matter. That would be defined as dating down. Okay. I, I guess you would have to draw your own definition from it, but it, it could be anything, sure. Well, I think if it's just, if it if, it, if it's only a situation of uh, money, I don't, I don't really even consider that dating down. Um, why, why, why would you consider that dating down? I mean, I don't think that money necessarily um, matters. You know, it, let me just stop for a second and say it ain't nothing like a dude paying a bill. So I completely and 100% understand that perspective. And even better when he pays a bill and brings a party gift. That's even better. However, I think that, you know, when you cut away a lot of what I'm finding personally for me, and this certainly isn't any dating advice that I would necessarily give to anybody, it's just my personal thought process, is that when you reach a certain age, you have to ask yourself, what are the important things? And I think that's in everything, but even in a mate. And I think that, you know, it may be important that someone is supporting themselves. So I don't want you living in your mama's basement. However, the ability to support yourself happens on, I mean, there's an infinite amount of levels that that can happen. So if you are supporting yourself on a minimum wage level and I'm supporting it on a six figure level, mm -hmm. that doesn't change the fact that you supporting yourself, the box gets checked. Um, so I think that for me, you know, I've reached an age where I said, okay, it's time to strip away some of the superficial things and date with, if I'm going, if I want companionship and I want my Mr. Wonderful and I want my happily ever after, I got to strip away a lot of the superficial things and get to what's really important. And, you know, me making, you know, 250,000 versus his 40, which would be a huge difference in lifestyle. Um, just yeah, isn't necessarily. Just let him keep his check. Like he should keep his whole check. He shouldn't have to pay for nothing at that point. I mean, you know, 
Again, it ain't nothing sexier than a nigga paying a bill. It ain't nothing sexier than when a man says, I got it. Ooh, let me tell you, you something. You know what he got? You know what he got? Gas in your vehicle. That's what he paid for. He paid for gas. You paid for what? everything else. You know what? Because you know what? Because I think a man is going to be a man is going to be a man is going to be a man. And I think even if he doesn't have the money to support your lifestyle fully, he's going to do things to show that he got you. And you know what? If it's a tank of gas, it's a tank of gas. If it's flowers every day, it's flowers every day. If it's, you know, bringing you a lunch that he made versus being able to take you to some five-star restaurant, then that's what it is. And I think that if he's showing that in the way that he's capable realistically, then it doesn't negate the fact that he's a good dude. I think it just, it, you know, it, it good dude is a good dude. So he don't got a million dollars. Okay, that's fine. But if he's still able to care for you and he's still rising to the occasion, then I think it's fine. Now, what I also think that if that is the scenario, like I'm making, you know, big dollars to his not so big dollars, I think some men may feel some kind of way about that within themselves. Like, you know, typically I think men, it, the expectation is I'm gonna make more than her. So I'm able to do more for her than she, you know, can do. And then, you know, so can he deal with that? But I think if he can deal with that, then, you know, to me, I personally would not make that a strike against him. So, like I would be, so okay, well. I'm gonna interject for a moment and change the subject. Uh, Cause as of right now, there's a live shooting, active shooter situation in Dallas, Texas, where two police officers were shot at a uh, protest. And it's like streaming across all the news media and everything else right now. Basically, there was a protest and people were shooting at the police and anyone around from the roof. Wow. Oh, so um, it's some real life stuff going on right now. Listen, I mean, I think here. I think people are, are angry. And I think that, yeah. you know, the powers that be have to understand that what you cannot continue to do is brush this under the rug. And I think that, that that's what they're doing. You know, every time. Uh, another set of police officers get off and we all just charge it to the he was threatened game. You know, I think you're expecting people to continue to get punched in the gut. And I think that even if it wasn't you directly, like it wasn't your brother, sister, father, cousin, mm-hmm. you can't be human and connected to humanity at all and watch these videos and hear these stories and see the pain that these people are going through. Like the press conference yesterday um, for Alton and and I think it was his brother that like, you know, fell apart at the, the conference. Like you can't watch that. And, I think it was his he, son. Actually. Was it his son? Yeah. Um, you can't watch that and not feel something if you have any kind of feelings, you know. And for me, and I think I don't think I'm an oddity. I think many people like me. I am deeply in love with my people and this brown skin. I'm just just the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so yeah, every time I see someone, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, that could be Jack. That could be my daughter. That could be my dad. That could be, you know, my son. And so it's hard to not feel some kind of way about it. It's hard to keep that smile on your face when you're seeing it come across your screen at work, you know, and you look up at your desk and who am I looking at? It's hard. And I don't think people really understand. So Um, I'm I'm gonna uh, read an excerpt from uh, NBC5 down in Dallas, Texas. They say uh, two Dallas police officers have been shot in downtown Dallas as an an officer at the scene tells NBC5 the extent of the injuries are unknown. 
Uh, the shootings took place as a rally in March in downtown was ending. That shows solidarity for communities affected by officer-involved shootings this week in Louisiana and Minnesota. Uh, I read someplace else that it was shooters on the roof, like just letting off and aiming for the police. So uh, also read that they had on a tactical vest and mask, of course, and maybe one was captured and another is loose. But uh, you, you are absolutely right. People are just, they're at that point and it's, it's happening. It's, you know, it's we happening. just haven't seen, I don't think we just, you know, you can, someone was saying, um, you know, that it's happening so often now that the worry is, is that folks will start getting desensitized to it. But I think if we really think about it, you know, if we look at the 80s, maybe even part of the 70s and certainly going into the 90s and the early 2000s. We did not see this, you know, you, we saw um, the occasional incident, you know, and more so than not, you know, we saw maybe things happening in other countries. And, you know, I don't think many of us are, are as connected to the brown people in other countries as people would like to think. I think me personally, I don't necessarily have a connection to Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely have a connection to Cleveland and Detroit, you know, because this is my country that I'm from. And I connect with my... Breaking up. Uh, you're gone. Hello? Hello? You said uh, all that. Yeah. yeah, you were breaking up. So uh, I don't know where you're going to restart at. Uh, you don't have a connection to Africa. I got stuck there. Um, so for me personally, I don't really have a connection to Africa. Um so when I see things in Africa, you know, obviously the human side of me, you know, feels a certain kind of way. But in terms of, you know, a connection, I connect with people here in my home country. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel like, you know, for many, many years, we haven't seen this. We haven't seen it firsthand. You knew it. You might have been in a neighborhood and saw it personally, but you didn't see it. So I think it changes your perspective because, you know, you can live on my block and think officer so-and-so is just an asshole and he's an isolated situation. You know what I'm saying? Or it's just in this neighborhood. And then you turn on the TV, you see it's happening in Minnesota and New York and Florida. And and you say, okay, well, now, you know, it seems like it's it's, it's a bigger issue. I think we just have to, you know, I mean, people say you shouldn't advocate uh, violence and and upheaval, but I think we got to bear in mind that no revolution has happened without violence and upheaval. So, you know, I don't want to say start throwing matches, but. You thinking it. I mean, listen, again, I don't want to say thought throwing matches, but I do want to say that I saw a gentleman who was a professor at Morehouse and he said that, you know, it's two ways to affect the powers that be. You either affect their pockets or you threaten their, um, you know, you threaten bodily harm. Mm. And he gave examples of how, you know, things have happened through either, you know, generally and in recent times, financial recourse. So, you know, if we don't have the dollars to put on the table, then and even dollars isn't necessarily actually withholding money. You know, their buildings and roads and things they pay for. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hashtag, right. I'm just saying. You are absolutely I'm right. not mad at nobody. You are absolutely I'm right. Not mad at anybody for taking it to the streets. 
if you have to, um, so, because I, I certainly think this is ridiculous. So I guess we could get back to the show topic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's just roll back into dating. Let's just <laughs> go just back into breaking dating. Breaking news stories so, and rolling back so in. Okay. One date you don't go to is a. If this is a first date, do not take her to a protest or a rally because shots be fired. But, you, um, you might could take me to a protest though. I'm just saying. That would that would be a date. Like I'm just getting to know you. Hey, let's you know there's an. It's like I said a protest right fast. I might be like you know what? Let me go change into my sneakers. What about what about going to what about going to a place like IKEA? Is that a good date? Going to IKEA? IKEA could be a lot of fun, yeah. Okay. Just just wondering. So that IKEA right. got all kinds of, you go to that bottom part of IKEA, mm-hmm. it's all kinds of things popping off down there. Come out with anything. <laughs> literally anything. IKEA had literally anything you could come out of there with. So I, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Alright. Uh I like a fun date. I don't, think- I don't like death in a movie. First of all, because uh, a movie, you can't talk during it. Mm-hmm. So a movie, a horrible day. Um, and I don't really like the dinner and the movie, the dinner as a date model, because I think it adds a layer of stuffiness to it. You know, like it adds a layer that, you know, just don't need to be there. I like an informal kind of, you know, let's do coffee maybe a museum but if you go to a museum this is not the time to go through you know some super heavy museum where we have to discuss the nuances of monet it would only end result in an argument i just literally real life had a date argument over monet like four weeks ago so it sounds like you you are high class um if you ask me no, we were just at a museum, and I, I mean, I don't some know museums. Who Monet you... is, so the only Monet I know, her last name was Davis, and I finished high school <laughs> with her. It's an it's an artist, and uh, I think he's a bit messy, quite frankly. I think his work was messy. Okay. Uh, he did not think that, and he caught an attitude. The point is, it's not that I'm high class, but I think that you know a date should be something lighthearted, you know, especially the first couple of dates. It should be something where you know you all can kind of relax, laugh, flirt do all that at things that humans do towards each other of attraction. Like you should be like able to open the do and slap ass, that kind of thing. Oh, and, and at an innate level, biologically, there's certain things that we do to each other to symbolize attraction and fertility. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, you know, when you're in a, and I think that's part of the reason why it's stuffy. You know, if I'm in some dimly lit restaurant and some skin tight dress because I'm trying to be sexy and trying to figure out what the order, and he's trying to figure out what the order, and we're trying to pair wine with meals and all that grown folk stuff, you know, I'm not free to flirt with you openly. It's adding a layer of, of discomfort to it. You know, because I'm focused on other things. But, you know, if we just chilling at a really great bookstore and, you know, just looking through titles and kind of lightly chatting about things that maybe we've read or like to read or subject matters and stuff like that. It gives me a chance to brush your arm and you a chance to, you know, come in close and, you know, me a chance to kind of, you know, that kind of thing. And that sex appeal is what, you know, drives attraction. So... As a woman who theoretically makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, uh, is a man who makes forty thousand a year uh, less attractive because of his financial status? No, not for me. Okay. No, I think um, for me personally, no. 
Um, I, I think that's relative to my age. You know, I'm past the point where I'm worried about families and things like that. And, you know, whatever pennies I have or don't have, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing with them. And again, it's nothing more sexy than a man saying, I got that. But at the same time, I think realistically, the amount of money you have is less important than your providing for yourself on some level. So for me, no. I can't, you know, unless we're talking about, even I think intellectually, like if he was less educated than I am, or even if this is possible, not as red as I am, and I'm not necessarily a smart girl. So, you know, I mean, I don't know how that could happen. But um, if that were the case, you know, I don't even necessarily think that I would not date because of that if I, you know, had some sort of liking towards him. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it would be something more negative. Like, you know, he's a heavy drug user or a heavy drinker or he's, you know, got some jail thing going on or, you know, if he was still like um, in the streets. And when I say in the streets, like beefing and, you know, slinging and, and, you know, just doing sh just hardcore street shit. I mean, I love my streets, but nah, not in my own. How, you know, can we... Can we tone down a little bit? Mm -hmm. um, it would have to be like those sort of things that would drive me to, you know, at this point, if he had a whole cluster of super young kids, if you got babies for real, yeah, I can't. Mm -mm. And two and three of them, nah, not at this point. My baby is graduating from college in a few months. I can't do that baby thing all over again. Should play so it that out. Was yeah, I, that would be kind of the, the kind of... I mean, he could have younger children, like maybe 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. But you look at me and say, I got a one-year-old, I'd be like, yeah, no, nah, I can't go back through potty training. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> can't go back through that. Sorry, sir. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to, hard to, hard to dig that. Uh, I'm not against that. So what about... Um, how, how do you feel about bringing your mate up? Are you the type to do it through encouragement or or have you been the type to do it through manipulation? Uh, and when I, when I when I say manipulation, I mean acts like uh, you put him in position that he didn't know he was in position to be put into. Uh, you introduce him to certain people, you bring him around to certain events and then you, you make sure he looks a certain way when he's there or uh, you make sure you just do things to put the bug in his ear about this event or that uh, lifestyle or those types of changes or whatever. Like I know I'm harping a little bit more on the manipulative side because that's it. I think it deserves a little more explanation than like encouragement. We all understand like encouragement is just positive reinforcement. Like you can do it. You're the little engine that could, but manipulation I think goes a little unnoticed when it's actually happening. You know, my personal take that is as a woman, I'm supposed to do all that. I think it's been a woman standing behind every man that has done the greatest things in the, you know, in history. There's been some woman standing behind him, either his mom or, you know, his sister or wife or a lover who has stood him up. And that's what I'm supposed to do. So, yeah, I'm supposed to stand him up. If he my man, I'm supposed to stand him up and encourage him and, you know, make sure, you know, that he has you know, whatever tools I can offer him in order to get to that next level, because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I think that that doesn't change just because, you know, I may have a higher status in one way or the other than he does. It's still, I need to put him in a position. Now for me, 
um, you know, when I hear the term manipulation, I automatically default to something being negative. But some of the scenarios that you explained, I wouldn't necessarily, although I'm not, you know, I think it is manipulation now that you said it, but it's not negative to me. Like if I make sure he gets in a room with somebody that can get him to the next level. I mean, again, that's some of the tools that I may have available in my arsenal right now to, you know, get him to that next place. Um, to me, it's no that's no different in that case. I don't think that's any different than, you know, the notion of, you know, make sure he's having sex on a regular basis in order to keep him good and relaxed. You know, you hear women saying that or whatever. So I think that, uh, or men as well. So I think that that's no different than that. You know, if I make sure he gets in a room and he looks good and, you know, I pop a mitt in his mouth and then I, you know, give him a kiss on the cheek and say, get out there, tiger. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that's what a, a, a part of part of my role is, you know. And then, you know, I'm a girly girl. I think that's part of my role in a relationship is to, you know, stand them up. I say a woman should stand a man up, but a man is supposed to hold a woman down. Sound like a meme. You sure they ain't? Really <laughs> I know. I need to make it a meme. I may work on that this weekend, but I do think that. Like, you, I'm supposed to stand, stand my guy up. I was trying to holler at the white boy that was on the show last week, but he been ducking me out like a bill collector. Some bullshit, too. That's all right. Did he send you the dick pic, though? Because we all know that's the key to your heart. Yeah, okay. That is the key to your heart. He didn't send me no day one dick pic. He know what's good for him. He don't want me to find him. So, gentlemen, if you are listening, make sure you get Lisa your dick pics because she will stand you up in in more ways than one. Don't get Jay have me calling your government name out in the cornball call out. Don't don't let Jay set you up for failure. Listen, she will stand you up in more ways than one, gentlemen. Don't let Jay set you up. You don't think you don't, Jay, when you ultimately find your Mrs. Wonderful, you don't want her to support you in that way? I don't want to be manipulated. I don't want to be full disclosure, like what's going on. Okay, so hold on. So uh, if you need access to ABC thing in order to get to the next level mm-hmm. and, she, and she can get you in the room with Mr. So-and-so over here who she happens to work with or whatever that has access to ABC thing. You would feel some kind of way if she said, Jay, come on through this event and meet Mr. So-and-so. Well, if I'm, if that's being said, then it's not really manipulation. What's happened is like, it's it's disclosed. Like, hey, we're going to the- Well, she's not telling you that Mr. So-and-so has the keys to this ABC that you need. She's just saying that Mr. So-and-so is here and you should meet him. Um, I'm, I'm not like new to this. So after I meet Mr. So-and-so and I realize that he has the keys, eventually I'm going to talk to my lady and was like, did you know? Mr. So-and-so. And if she says yes, do you think that's manipulation? Um, I would ask, like, why, why you couldn't fill me in? Like, I'm, you know, I would, maybe I could have felt more prepared because, you know, like on, on, a, on a, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So looking back at it, I might have felt like I was making a complete ass of myself by saying the wrong things to Mr. So-and-so because I'm having a good time at the shindig, not knowing he was the gatekeeper to something that was really important to me. So I mean, it's a little extreme, but at the same time, like, I just, just. Just communicate with me. Let me know what's going on. What What are we doing as a team? Is this what's happening for us right now? I mean, but then when does that stop? You know, if you've had a bad day and all of a sudden she gets some out the ordinary freaky with you, does she need to say, well, Jay, I'm about to get extra freaky because I know you had a bad day. It's- like, I think 
you are underestimating. I, I, think it's, I, mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Yeah, so what you're doing is underestimating the power of a woman. Okay. Because I think if she told you every single thing, it wouldn't have the same effect. It's just like, it's just like, um, you know, as a boyfriend or as a husband or, you know, as somebody who thing, you know, some things that you do for your woman, it's going to be a surprise. You're not going to sit and discuss every single thing because by discussing it, you take away the effect. So it's the same thing for a woman. Like, I think if you want to break it down into some completely baseline, you know, and make a blanket statement like it's manipulation, if you don't know. Yeah, but if that's the case, then we can really, you know, stretch out the definition of manipulation. But I think that, you know, as a man and as a woman, there are certain things that you are going to do and, you know, take care of for your mate without necessarily going through a whole disclosure process well, because well, disclosing it will lessen the effect of well, it. Well, I mean, if you're, you're romanticizing the issue, maybe, but we both know that um, finding out on the back end isn't a good feeling either. You know, finding depends out. on what it is. If you up for the big promotion and the whole time that you up for the big promotion, your girl is just doing all the right stuff. What if you found of, out on the back right end stuff? of what, your promotion, what kind of right stuff is she doing? Like, is she doing right I mean, stuff with my, boss, with my boss? Are you no. Then, then, no. But I mean, she's doing all the right stuff for you. So she's making sure, you know, your suits are extra crisp and you you know, you got a good breakfast in front of you every morning and but that's good not, and boost, that's, that's you good and relaxed. That's, and not, that's not really manipulation. She's whispering because, all the right things in your it's ear. Not, it's, not, it's not going through another channel. It's staying within the confines of the relationship. So it's not really So it's only manipulation if you go through another channel is what you're saying. Right. If you if you put me in, in place in front of somebody, a, a third party, if you will, and it's because you have an existing relationship with that third party. And you don't like disclose that to me. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of manipulative. And not and then on the back end I hear about it. It's like, why well, so you know Mr. Pickles? You know what I'm saying? How you know Mr. Pickles know one another? Oh, whatever. Like it could be worse than it's worth without the disclosure. It's kinda it. Yeah. And and again, if I'm having a rough week and she said, Hey, I'm I'm gonna do something real freaky freaky nasty for you because you're having a rough week, like I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad that I'm aware that this is going down. So, yeah, but I also think it takes away from it because then you walk in the bedroom thinking something freaky is going to go on as opposed to walking in the bedroom and that shit just gets thrown on you. She just drop it on you one time. You be like, oh, shit. I mean, it, it doesn't always have to be one way or the other, right? I but mean, I feel she- you, but what I think, I think that, I mean, you know, obviously I'm trying to lighten things up a bit, but I feel that, you know, the definition of, in my opinion, the definition of manipulation is being a bit blanketed as far as I'm concerned. But I get, you know, I don't, I'm not an advocate of setting anybody up in any kind of situation, good or bad. But I do think that there are things that happen in, in situations that you're in. And as your woman, you know, part of my role is to try to facilitate that for you if I can, if that's in my my abilities in order to do reasonably. And, you know, all of that don't need to necessarily be disclosed to you. So, you know, I don't think it's a manipulation if it's coming out, you know, if it's breaking in your favor. And I'm not sucking off Mr. Pickles in order for it to happen, you know, but okay. Okay. But Tim Woods, but back to my dating down dude, yes, I would do whatever I could to try to get him to the next level. If the next level is what he was looking for, what if he was, you know, 
a truck driver or something and he didn't want to manage a whole fleet of trucks he wanted or he didn't want to be the district whatever whatever he wants to be i want to just sit in this truck because this is what i like to do then all right that's what we do there is no necessarily next level for him and in in society if if i were to ask like who do you think gets a pass more for dating down men or women what would you say probably men because mm-hmm. as a woman and specifically as a black woman I was actually just talking about this we are told that if we can't find a black man um, at our social economic level then we need to look into other races because we're just not going to find a black man like that I, I, I don't know I've never looked at black men to know for certain but I've, no, I've I'm just that. saying, like, that. if you a lot of a yeah. lot of articles and things come out um, in recent, probably four or five years that have said that, like, you know, if you're a black woman of this age, this income level, this educational level, the likelihood for you to find a black man under those same parameters is is slim. So you need to look outside of your race. Whereas I think a man of any race would be told, well, you know, it's she's cute. pretty. She's she got pretty. big booty. Yeah, exactly. And go ahead on. You can deal with her. You know, just take a shower once in a while. Keep her happy. You two look good together. So is it possible, just before we wrap this up, let me mm-hmm. just ask you, is it possible that dating within a different race could be construed as dating down or up? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's always that underlying inside joke amongst uh black men sometimes that you know well not even black men but you know once you go white you're all right and then you know once you go black you can't come back so um yeah it, it definitely could be looked as dating up and or dating down depending on the, the group pointing the finger if you will so what uh, is it if you are a white person dating a black, a black woman yeah. let's take woman first so you're a white man dating a black woman up or down um the audience is what makes the difference. Well, um, what would you think generally? So, uh, I mean, what's your opinion? I don't think there's a general answer. I think it's all about the audience. So it's subjective. I would say I'm, I'm going to answer it from my point of view. So if if it's a white man dating a black woman, I would say big ups to the white man, big ups to the black woman. Um, so everybody's dating up. Everybody's dating up. From your perspective. From my perspective, everybody's dating up. Now, why is that? Um, because how did he capture that sister? And apparently she's looking to be taken care of because... Oh, he, shit. This white man got a good job. So. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> all right. So it's a... Uh, all right, that was a girl. So it's a black man dating a white woman. Now, is this white woman fat? Because if she's fat, um, it's a win. Like P-H-A-T or no, F-A-T? Fat, fat, like just overweight, overweight, mm-hmm. sloppy, like like uh, honey boo-boo's I thought she's an average woman. Um, you ain't asked if the black woman was fat. Well, because there's different answers. Um, I would say um, it's a come up for the black dude because he ain't got no job and he just spending her money and driving her car and smoking her Marlboros. Mm-hmm. But it's a step down for the white woman because he ain't got no job, he ain't got no money, 
he just dropped her car, smoking on Marlboro. So, um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a win for the brother, a loss for the white woman. Um, however, if they're both, you know, just like working people, good people, then you know, it's it's a win for everybody. So then there isn't, in your opinion, any way that interracial dating from black to white can be not a come up. I mean, we're going to speak to average folks out here. No, we're I not going to assume that they're extreme one way or the other. No one's extremely gorgeous. No one's extremely rich or extremely unattractive or extremely raggedy. No, because so, I mean, my view of the world is um, love what you love. Like it's you, you got to do what you got to do. But I also understand and recognize that most people don't view the world that way. They're, they're rose colored glasses. It's like you stick within, period. You stay with your own kind and that's that. So to, to others, it definitely might look like to come down if a white woman goes to some black man and has his little black curly hair baby. She can't go home anymore. You know what I mean? Like that. No, I, I definitely agree that you should love who you love. Although I think that there is something wrong with a person who would exclusively date outside their race. Like I think that if you are 100% against dealing with anybody within your own race, there's something going on with you. Mm-hmm. You got that ticky ticky. Some kind of. I guess. Um, yeah. I mean. You know, it's all, how can you love yourself and not love your people? Well, you love yourself and not love somebody that looks like you. I on always, some level, always find it interesting when, like, you know, when when people are mixed, they just say they're black, right? Like you're black. Nope. The world looks as you as black. You're black. Whether their mom or parent is the one who isn't black, they always just get black. And then that person, so that's woman. She's mixed. Her dad's white. Her dad has been the first love of her life. The person she fell in love with first. And she goes out and she finds a white man and she marries that white man. And people will consider her a sellout. And I'm like, no, um, she's fallen in love with someone who's like a, her father. Like people always fall in love with people who are like their parents, time and time again. Whether it's personality, whether it's looks, whether it's character traits, whatever. Like people, if you have a, a good relationship, I think definitely little girls do. I think I, I, think, I agree. I definitely with think little boys do. Your dad is your yeah, the first love of your life. Yeah, I think I think boys do too. Definitely, <laughs> they they find women oftentimes that are like, like their moms, um, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like that, that's if that's who taught you what a real man or a real woman was like, then if you find it again. Good for you. Like, congratulations. I'm happy for you. And um, I think that's that's kind of unfair to put that that. That, uh, that chast, if you will, that burden on them to say that they're a sellout because they've gotten with someone else who's just like the first person that they've ever loved before. So um, I don't think it's, it's fair to call them a sellout, period. Right? But that person is like the, per- the first person they fell in love with or not. Again, I think you're only a sellout if you are choosing in your life to completely... No, what I'm saying is like she's him or her, they've only dated exclusively whatever, whatever, whoever. Like me... I've only seriously dated like black women. That's all I've ever dated. And it's not to say that um, I haven't been interested in anyone of another race or what have you. It's just, it's never been anything else but that for me. So that doesn't like make me more of a black person because I've only exclusively dated black people, or black women. And it wouldn't make me any less of a black person if I've sometimes dated white women or Asian women or Hispanic women or any. Oh, I agree. But it does make you questionable if you are a black person and have chosen to only date white women. 
well, why wouldn't it make me a greater I black person? I think it just. If no, I, only choose I think to it's just. Black woman. I think again. I think it's it has. I think you got a little bit of a tech because again, if you viewing the world through eyes of. I am trying to meet someone, you know, I'm putting attractive feelers out. I don't think it's possible for you to focus yourself in on one particular race. Now, what I do know is that based on my own experience, culturally, it may be difficult to date outside of your race because sometimes there's a cultural disconnect, which can be significant. But I think that, um, you know, if you're a black man or a white man or orange man, how can you discount your own people completely and go out your way and purposefully, you know, and I think there are people who, who the reality is do that. You purposefully say, I'm not going to date within my own race. I'm going to date, you know, I'm black. I'm only going to date Asian women. I'm Asian. I'm only going to date black men. You know, I just think that there's something, something up with that. I'm still not sure. I've never, I've never called anybody a sellout because I'm not really 100% sure exactly what that is. Like in my mind, it can be any number of things. So I'm not ever, it's like a moving target for me, but it's definitely something. Like you definitely got a little bit of a self-hate thing or, you know, hate for your own or something like that going on. I don't uh, disagree with that at all. However, I do think we should probably back up the show. That's what's up. This has been a bit of a solemn episode. Um, I need to apologize to our avid listeners for us being so downtrodden. It's a lot happening, though. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, only, it's only a reflection of what's really going on. Yeah, yeah, it's really just it. It's only a reflection of what's going on out there. Uh, nonetheless, we are the Long Story Long Podcast. Uh, again, rate us, comment, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. It's all out there. Search for Long Story Long. Tell a friend to tell a friend and tell a friend again. And as always, Lisa, would you please sign off for us? Black Lives Matters, my J. Make sure y'all do what y'all gotta do out there. Lisa is the first one throwing the match. <laughs> Absolutely. Say what?